You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Ah, just take a deep breath, if you will. Just breathe in the Holy Spirit. Just let him minister to us today. I was looking at this picture um, that I put up here for my message that I shared a few weeks back, a couple, about three weeks back, I believe. I really like this picture, and I know for those of you viewing online, it's probably a little hard to see, but it's a picture of Jesus standing on the water, reaching down to grab us out of the depths like Peter, right? Peter walked on the water, and he fell in, and I can relate to Peter, can you? I, I feel like I can really relate to Peter a lot in, uh, in his highs and lows in his uh, walking with Jesus. And I want to open with this scripture uh, that we opened with a couple weeks back, Matthew 16. I'm just going to read verses 15 through 17. And Jesus uh, said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for how they give us the peace, the comfort, and the hope that we need. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit moving in our hearts, whether we're at home today in our living rooms or in our best reclining chair, or whether we're here today in the presence of your believers today in the service. I just thank you, Lord, for your spirit ministering to our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we're talking about a little bit more about hope today. I want to kind of continue on this theme a little bit more today, and I want to try to build on that because I believe we're in a time whenever it's very difficult to have hope sometimes. It's very, can feel hopeless. How many of you ever felt a little hopeless? And the, the scripture is very clear that Jesus is the rock upon which we are to be founded, the rock upon which we are to build our faith. And he is our hope. And he is really the hope that the world needs. The world just doesn't know it yet, in some cases. And in Romans chapter 15, the scripture that we talked about, it would just do a little bit of review here uh, before I go into the topic for today. But in Romans 15, verse 13, which is the basis, I believe, the foundational principle of hope, says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now stop there for just a second. When we have the God of hope in our lives, when we have a relationship with the God of hope, guess what he does? He gives us joy and peace. I know it's hard when you're in the middle of a storm and a trial in life to sometimes walk in peace, but that is really what God has called us to do. And I can't think of a better time to do it than these days that we live in. We need to be walking in peace, and it only comes from knowing the God of hope. And it goes on that you may abound in hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a power, it's, a, it's an abundance of hope. It's, it's an overflowing of hope that we, we have to have in our lives. And we talked a little bit last week, I don't want to go into all the details, but we talk about the attacks that we're seeing today. There's an attack of 
uh, against hope that's coming, that, that, is, that is here with us, trying to discourage us as believers in our, in our walk with the Lord. There's also a spiritual division that's coming that's, that's been trying to separate and, and divide people in their lives, whether it's religious or uh, whether it's uh, abortion rights, for example, or race or political affiliation. Those all these things that, that are trying to divide us. Now we have health issues that are trying to divide people. And today I want to talk a little bit more about this, another aspect, a third thing that's, that I see that's happening today, which is a... Uh, a spirit of fear that is trying to attack us. How many of you have ever felt being attacked by a spirit of fear? I mean, where you know that it was the enemy that was doing it. It was fully the enemy. It wasn't in some natural fear. We'll talk about some different types of fear in a minute. But you know that it was a fear from the, the depths of hell. That's the kind of fear I'm talking about today. Because we have a victory over that fear. And there was a mathematical formula we, we talked about last week. Faith, which is our belief, plus trust, which is our confidence in something, equals hope, which means our future. And we all need a hope. We all need to feel that future. And we have to have these two faith and confidence in to bring that hope. And so the fear is coming against people today because we live in a society that likes to pronounce things that are bad. How many of you watch the news for five minutes and you realize it's all about fear. I mean, we know how many murders happen in Indianapolis. We know how many things happen. We know all the bad stuff, but we rarely do you get to see the good stuff. You know, rarely. They'll do a special on the good, good things, but it's usually toward the end of the service, not at the or end of the, the message, not the beginning. And so there are different types of fear. The fear of the Lord, how many of you ever heard of the fear of the Lord? It's a, it's a very prevalent thing and a theme in the scriptures. And it's not a fear based on, uh, it's not a fear based on fear that we think of. It's a fear of reverence. The Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says it this way, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to fear God. Who's the one who has the final say? God. So guess who I need to fear today? God. And it goes on, it says, and the knowledge of the, whole, the Holy One is understanding. So the fear of the Lord is a reverential fear. God never uses fear to manipulate or control us. Did you know that? God will never use fear to control us. There's another kind of fear. This is a natural kind of fear. A fear that's based on circumstances. And this is not not a bad thing, it's a good thing. It's the kind of fear that we... Uh, you know, I, I liken this to whenever you're young and you're, you're, a, you're a child and, you, you know, your mom tells you 100 times, do not put your hand on that burner. Don't touch that burner. It's hot. But, you know, as kids, we sometimes go ahead and touch that burner. And guess what? From then on, you have a circumstantial fear of ever touching that thing again. It's the same thing as when you're driving and you have a, a, somebody pull out in front of you really quick and you have to make a quick life second decision the fear comes on you, so you jerk the car to pull out of the way of the situation. That's a good fear. That's a circumstantial fear. But the fear I want to talk about today a little bit more in depth is continual fear or constancy of fear, which causes anxiety. How many times have you felt anxiety in the last year and a half? <laughs> Can we be honest? Because we're in church today. God's counting. God's counting. No, I'm just kidding. False evidence appearing real 
is the definition, I believe, that best fits fear. False evidence appearing real. See, fear is expecting the devil to move, but faith is expecting God to move. There's a big difference. And so we have this faith over fear is what we're, we're called to walk in today. We need to have faith over fear. Fear is very subtle and very elusive at times. Maybe not so much today because all we hear is fear. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go this. In fact, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, bringing down the importance of all the things that we've been trying to do to beat the pandemic. I think there's a lot of important things that have been happening. But I remember a time when I went to a store, a grocery store, and I walked in and I thought, man, I'm touching this. Oh, that's, oh, you know, it, it brought me to a new level of fear in a way. False evidence, peering real in some situations. Now, we do have to be careful. We have to clean our hands. We have to wash our hands. I'm not saying all that stuff. I believe you guys understand my heart in this. But it brought me to a new level of fear in that what are the things that I'm touching every day? I don't think we ever fully grasp what we were doing already before the pandemic anyway. The things that we touched on a daily basis. I, re I remember Kimberly and I went into um, um, a, a trip last, last uh, fall to Miami. And uh, we didn't have any mask mandates in, in our facility, or not facility, but uh, Indiana's at the time. So we went down there and to, we were in Miami and Dade County and we went into a, a Walmart, I believe it was, and we didn't have masks because we hadn't been, I mean, we carried them on the plane, but we didn't have them with us. So we walked into Walmart thinking that it was like Indiana without realizing they were in a mask mandate. So we walk in and we're the only people without a mask on and I kind of felt like, I kind of feel like a little undressed here. I feel a little undressed. I feel like a little bit uh, less, uh, less than these other people. They're all got their mask on. I should too. And so there's a little bit of the fear factor that's there. See, circumstantial fear is temporary when you have a circumstantial fear like, a, like the, the, the uh, burner that I mentioned. But constant fear is a harassing from the enemy that tries to steal your joy from you and create anxiety in our hearts. So this is the battle that I'm talking about, about today. How do we battle this kind of constant fear that we are facing in life? Doesn't, I'm not even talking about pandemic. In life, fear of failure, fear of others, fear of man, fear of, fear of how people will receive me. How do we deal with this battle? Well, the first thing is we can do is we can pray. Isn't that right? We can pray. Jude, verse 20, says it this way. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, it says, keep yourselves, this is a command for us to do, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So we have to build on this foundation. The ver the, it says building yourselves on the foundation of faith, faith in Jesus, faith in that he's the solid rock. Upon this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
And the second thing is praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I've, I've been a Christian for several years, and I've heard this taught many ways, and sometimes it's a spiritual gift of praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues, as some people say. And I, but I, I don't think it's the only interpretation of the Scripture. It also means this, to pray as led by the Spirit, to pray in the spiritual realm, or to pray by means of the power of the Spirit. That's what the Scripture is really saying. And we need to pray against the spirit of fear that's attacking people today and us. And there's no, there's a, the second thing here that I want to look at is the word. I, I know I, I, Mike said this earlier, but I do think that uh, Rick, uh, as you shared last week, it, it brought things back to a very basic foundational thing for us to believe the promises of God. Because when fear attacks us, what we do is, we, and, we, and I'm talking about the evil kind of fear here. When fear attacks us and it's not dealt with, then we start making decisions based off fear. How many of you have ever done that? Fear, and you make a decision based off fear, and if you make the same decision based off that fear, guess what? You're in a fear cycle. You're never going to have confidence in things because you're, you're living in fear. And so we have to come back to the promises of God. And that's how we battle. So let's look at a, a couple of scriptures here in, in the word that will give us confidence in this battle of fear. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, that's a different attitude toward fear. It's coming back to the word as the foundational basis for us and how we battle fear. Matthew chapter 10, which is one of my favorite books. I don't know why that would be. Um, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him. Again, this is the reverential fear who is able to destroy both the body and soul in hell. So we have to see that we have to battle this thing from a place of the word. Not my opinion, not, not what I feel, but this word that we have, that we've been entrusted to walk in, to, to follow and to, to read and to consume as our basis for life. I want to think about Jesus. Then we, another thing we should do is we should follow Jesus. You know, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane you guys remember the story in the Bible? And he went there because he was heavy hearted. He had a lot of anxiety, a lot of turmoil. And so he went there with the disciples and he took uh, Peter and the other, other Johns with him. And they went a little further into the garden, right? You guys remember this story? And then he said, well, can you wait for me with me for one hour? Just one hour. That's all he's asking, right? Just wait for with me for one hour. And then he went a little further and he began to pray. And he, can, he even confessed to them. He said, I'm basically scared of dying. He had some fear at this point in his ministry. And he went in and he asked the father, if this cup can pass for me, let it pass. But nevertheless, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Now, after this, many people believe, and I, I believe, I'm one of those people who believe this, that the battle of the cross was won right there. It was one. It was settled right then. Jesus came to a place where he realized he needed to follow the Father's will above his own will, 
And so therefore, he walked in perfect peace after that. Well, immediately, Judas comes marching ahead, if you read the Bible. The Judas comes in with the armies and that's the Roman soldiers to turn Jesus in. And remember what the disciples did? Peter, he wanted to cut somebody's ear off, which he did. And they wanted to fight with a sword, but Peter said, no, we're not going to do that. Or God said, we're not going to do this. Jesus said, we're not going to do this with this way because we're going to follow God's will. And then when you follow God's will, there's peace that comes. Because faith means this. We have to, we have to battle this by faith. What are our eyes fixed on is what I want to focus you to today. Faith means this, forsaking all I trust him. Say that to yourself. Forsaking all, I trust him. That means no matter what the storms of life come, that means no matter what health issues you may face, that means no matter what the pandemic will come into the next five years, three years from now, who knows? Forsaking all negative thoughts, forsaking all negative things, I trust him. See, faith builds us as we focus, and I want to talk to you about focus. What are you focusing on? What's the one object of our faith? Should be Jesus, right? We are called Christians. As they said in the book of Antioch for the first time, we are Christians because we follow Christ. And he is our example. And if we choose to fix our eyes on Jesus then nothing the devil throws at us will by any means succeed. See, fear comes, this kind of fear that we're talking about today, comes from allowing circumstances to dictate the outcome. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't think, I realize how easy it is to let circumstances dictate the outcome, if I can be real with you. Because it's so easy to fall into it. But when we come back to the word, we realize that it's by faith that we live. It's by faith that we breathe. It's by faith that we walk in everything that we have in our lives. Faith comes from a place of full confidence in God that he has a plan. How many of you know God has a plan for your life? He's not through with you. If you're breathing today, you still have purpose. You still have a plan because God has instituted that in your life. You have purpose. There are people that need to hear your life story today, somewhere. There are people in your family that need to see that you are walking in life, in victory in your life. So we see that fear is fighting a battle from low ground. How many of you have ever studied any battles or any military operational things? How many of you know that high ground is the place you want to be? So fear is battling it from a low ground, from the low ground. But faith, come on, do this. Faith is battling it from the high ground. Amen? It's coming back to the promises of God, and we're battling this fear from a high ground place. It's a position of strength, not a position of weakness. I don't know about you, but sometimes after I've, I've watched the news for so long, or I've, I've seen the reports, or you know, whatever social media account you're using to, to watch things from, it gets a little overwhelming and things, voices and, and different things start dictating to me almost what I should believe. And it don't 
doesn't always line up with this word, does it? This is why the devil bombards us with messages of fear all the time. Turn on the news for five minutes and you're, oh, you're going to be feared. You're not going to be wanted to walk down the streets of Indianapolis because of fear. I'm not saying don't be safe. Don't test the Lord, your God. Don't walk down there and try to do whatever. I'm just saying there's a fear principle that's behind it. Because we've, we've been inundated with this message of fear. Why is it so rampant today, I would ask? I believe, personally, it's because we've maybe taken our eyes off the prize. Maybe we've just a little bit. I know I'm talking to Christians here today, so we, we wouldn't want to say that fully. But maybe we just need to step back into that place where God is calling us to walk. I like the, the words of the lyrics uh, that that one song, Mike, where fear will be turned into worship when he's near. Come on now, that's where we need to be. Fear will be turned into worship. See, fear is always about how to control the situation. I know that there are many managers that I've seen in the past in the worldly realms that try to control with fear. It doesn't make very pleasant experiences, does it? Makes a lot of finger pointing, you know, oh, and a lot of covering things up. You know, we don't want to make that be known because I don't want to have the fear or the wrath of this person coming down upon me. So fear is about control. And at the minimum, it's about trying to cut our strength down to not have any strength in this situation that we're facing. You know, the devil always tries to hit us when we're weak, you know? When we're not strong, when we've, we've lost our vision or we've lost a, a sense of who we are. And the devil, he's, he, he doesn't play fair, does he? He don't play fair. He wants to hit us when we're down. But I want to talk about the vision behind faith today. See, because faith is directly connected with what your, your vision is and where you're focused on. So what is our attention? What are we giving our attention to? Because spiritual vision is a godly revelation. It's what God is able to do for us. Now, I want to look at a, just a couple quick examples here. I don't think I have these on the slides. But think about this. Noah and the ark. Did he have a vision? Did he have a calling? Did God save him and his family? And I don't know why he saves mosquitoes, but we'll figure that out when we get to heaven someday. <laughs> so by faith, it was clear that God was to, to, he was to build a boat and it had never rained. <laughs> Come on now. He was looking like a crazy man. And I don't know about you, but sometimes today I feel like people are trying to say the Christians are crazy. I won't go to that message. I'll let Rick teach that next week when he's back. Second Kings chapter 6, another story is Elisha's servant. They were being attacked and the enemy was sending in great attack against them. In verse uh, 16 it says, Do not be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Amen. And Elisha prayed, open the eyes, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes 
And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and the chariots of fire all around Elisha. Come on, that's encouraging. That means that sometimes when I see in the natural, what I see in this, the last year and a half in the natural, man, it's scary. I'm, I'm fearful. But if I look at what's happening in the, in the spiritual, from a spiritual perspective, God is doing something in the midst of this. I've heard people talking about revival. I've heard people, people talking about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. I've heard people talking about this. You don't see this in the mainstream media. I'm sorry. It's just not going to be out there. But it's there. There is something happening. The Spirit of God is moving, and we need to be in a positional place to receive that move. Another story is Shadrach, Meshach, and under the bed we go. I mean, under the bed, uh, Abednego. Remember, that's what I always heard it taught as. Standing in faith, no fear, total vision that God would save them from the fire. And we know the story. Jesus was there with them. There was a fourth man in the fire. You know, some people have said that they weren't even, not only were they not burnt, but their clothes didn't smell like smoke. And listen to their words. They came back with some powerful words to the king who was trying to really get them to, to bow. He said, they said, we know that God is able to deliver us, but if not, if not, let it be known that we will not worship your gods. Standing in faith against a corrupt nation. Hmm. Faith over fear. We have to walk in faith over fear. Because if we let fear win, we're going to be walking in total anxiety and distrust all the days of our lives. When I look at the other scripture here in Hebrews chapter 12, talking about Jesus as our example. It says, therefore, Paul is writing to the Hebrews, he says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, mark that in your Bible, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us, number two here, it says, run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Verse two, very key verse. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And this is a key verse. For the joy that was set before him. Oh, you got to see this, friends. The joy that was set. Now, you mean the cross was a joy thing for him? It wasn't until Gethsemane. <laughs> he wasn't looking forward to it until Gethsemane, until he, he sweat drops of blood. But after that, he had perfect peace knowing that God had called him to this calling. And he had to do it to save all humanity. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. That's exciting stuff. That's powerful stuff from the word. What's your focus today? What are you looking unto? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, he was so focused that he was doing the thing that God fulfilled. He wanted to fulfill God's calling in his life. It was God's vision for his life, and it was a joy to him to do. 
Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I believe this might be the last scripture here today. It says this, says, where there is no vision, or I like to put hope for the future there, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. See, where there is no vision or revelation from God, another version says the people cast off restraint in the NIV, I believe it is. And when that happens, what happens? We succumb to the fears that are in the land that we live. See, the vision in this scripture, the, the word vision here is pertaining to what is the promises that God has given you. Thank you, Rick, for last week. What are the promises that God has given you? We have to hold on to these promises in the hope that he will complete what he started. And he is a faithful God. He will complete. He will finish. The, even the words, he will finish what he started in us. Years ago, um, just to tell a quick story uh, about myself, I, I worked at a sheriff's department for several years. And uh, we had an experiment. My uncle actually was the sheriff of, of that, the particular county that I worked at. And we, uh, it was back in the late 80s, uh, early 90s, whenever drunk driving was really becoming a, a more of a prevalent thing and people were really studying the effects of alcohol. I mean, it's always been an issue, I know, but we were, they were doing a lot of studies. And so what we did is they had this obstacle course and we had the news media come in and we had, uh, you know, people testing uh, to, to there to test uh alcohol levels and everything. And what we did is we, we had this obstacle course in a, a school parking lot, you know, with the cones and all that. And, and it was just a, a weaving around and type of thing. It was something that all of us could probably do very easily. And they did the, did the first hand. They had some people that uh, actually volunteered for this. And uh, so they got volu- they had volunteered to get drunk. So uh, essentially, but uh, so uh, so anyhow, they, they did the first drive without any drinking at all, and then they'd, they'd come back, and then they'd have a couple drinks, and then they'd go back out and do it again. And gradually, after several drinks, I don't remember exactly how many, but several of them were hitting all the cones, and it was just a mess. And I remember this because um, I was sharing a message one time, and, and the Lord dropped this in my spirit. I was like, do you remember that time whenever you guys did that experiment? I said, yeah, I do. He said, well, here's... What happens in the life of a believer? What happens is whenever circumstances come and fear comes in our life, sometimes we focus on the circumstances more so than the direction that we're going. You know, whenever you're driving, you don't focus on the right in front of the car. You focus down the road. You have your peripheral vision. And it's a pretty known fact now that if you drink or you, you get intoxicated, your peripheral vision kind of comes down like to this. And to the point where if you drink enough, you're looking right over the end of your car, and that's why people swerve. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, listen, he said, this is what happens. We get so intoxicated with the things of this life. Come on now, you got to listen. We get so intoxicated and bombarded with the things that come into our life. And sometimes we get addicted to those things. I'm just being honest. And what happens is we begin to weave in our walk. We begin to, begin to wonder, 
And we, we have not any control because why we're not focusing and fixing our eyes on Jesus, which is down the road, we're just looking right over the top of the car, right over the top of our situation, and not looking at what God wants to do in that circumstance. So I want to, I talked to Rick about this, so I, I do have his permission, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you this week. Challenge you this week. How many remember what day was it that Facebook went down last week? Do you remember this? It was one day last week. Good. Good. I'm glad you don't know. I'm glad there's a lot of people in here that don't know. That's perfect because I'm talking to the right people. Maybe Wednesday. I, I heard uh, it didn't really bother me that much either because I was thinking, wow, now I don't even have to worry about things anymore. Well, just put my phone down. Who cares? Except for those of you who are doing business on Facebook, which there are a lot of people who do business on Facebook now. And so it went down, and many did care about being able to wish their best friends happy birthday, whatever it is that you like to do on Facebook. And there were a lot that didn't care. My first thought was, should we really care? Uh, maybe there's going to be less cyberbullying now, but that Facebook's not online for a six-hour or seven-hour window. Maybe, maybe uh, people can get back to focusing on their lives now, maybe, uh, because Facebook is down. Uh, maybe we can spend more time with our family because Facebook is down. Maybe we can silence the voices that are drowning our, out our direct connection to God because Facebook is down. Ooh. See, to better focus our vision on the vision that God's given us, we've got to drown out the vision casters that are in our world today. How do you drown out vision casters that are in your world? You know, you're being vision casted to every time you turn on the TV, every time you watch the news, every time you get on a social media site, whatever it is, you're being vision casted to because they're trying to implant your, their vision for you in your life. So here's the challenge. If you feel the Holy Spirit is calling you to do this. For one week, the challenge is to fast media. Whatever that means to you. I don't want to say it's Facebook or whatever it is, but just fast media. I know Pastor Rick a couple weeks back was talking about the disciples fasting and how John the Baptist's disciples fast, fasted, and how we are called to fast today. Well, listen, today's our opportunity to do what Pastor Rick has shared, to fast some form of media. Maybe it's not watching the news for a week. How many of you know that would help us out a little bit? I believe, and I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your testimony of what change it made in your life. But I believe you'll see a difference, whether you succumb to faith on the high ground, or you go to fear, which is on the low ground. Because we're being continually bombarded with these advertisements, fear, divisiveness, uh, you know, all those things. And we need to come to a place where we come back to the basic principles of God and that faith is over fear. Do you agree? I'm going to have, uh, if you can put the last slide up, I believe the picture of the, the 
lady, I'm going to ask you guys if you know this lady. Do you guys know this lady? Do you know who she is? Because if you did, I was going to buy your dinner. <laughs> because I thought, man, if they know who she is, I will buy their dinner. No. This is uh, Helen Limmel. She was a gifted singer and a musician. She wrote over 500 hymns. And there was a story that she actually went blind. I don't know if this is true. So it was on the internet, so it must be true. No, I don't know. Um, but I did hear this in one of the, the stories I read about her, that she went blind later in life. And she had an illness. And actually, it even caused her to have her, her husband left her. He banded her because of this. I, I can't even imagine that. But So here she is. She's left alone. She's blind. But then she writes a hymn. A very popular hymn, I think, that you might see the name of it. It's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come on back up as we transition into this last song today. Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Such a powerful hymn, isn't it? Such a powerful word for today written several, several years ago. See, in the days that we're living, we should be fixing our eyes upon Jesus even more so. People talk to me about what's going to happen. When's the end of the world coming? Guess what? I don't know that I know the day. Jesus doesn't know the day and hour. So if he doesn't know, I don't think I will. But I do know this. We'll know the seasons. We'll know the times. And it kind of feels pretty weird to me about the seasons and the times that we're living in. But guess what? People are talking about being scared about what's coming. You know what? I'm not scared about what's coming. We just need to get closer and closer to Jesus. Faith plus trust equals hope. Where's your faith at today? I trust that he's leading us and guiding us. Father God, let's all just stand together. Father God, we thank you for giving us faith over fear today. Lord, wherever we are, whether it's a home today for those who couldn't be here, those that are here, Father, bring us back to that place of faith over fear. Let us walk into a place of fully and confidently trusting in you again for every area of our lives. Father, we give you all the praise. Come on, church, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And Lord, help us to see with spiritual eyes what you're truly doing in this day and in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.